Hello and welcome to episode 108 of Christians in Our Soup, a weekly podcast by two of God's peculiar people about God's peculiar people for God's peculiar people. Proving that life is simply not as black and white as some would have us believe, but that sometimes life gets real and doesn't fit into any boxes, no matter how hard we try. Welcome back to Christians in Our Soup. If if you are coming back, if this is your first time, then you are welcome. And it is great to have you here. And each week, Russ and I discuss various things. We have a top three, which we will get to in a minute. And at the moment, we are going through a series of hot topics and looking at hot topics. And this week's hot topic is something no different to past hot topics that we have been looking at. So our hot topic this week is do demons still exist today? And it is a hot topic. And we are going to enjoy uh, unpacking that in a little while. But to start off with, let's take our top three uh, today. And our top three this week was, what are your top three aftershaves, deodorants or scents? And I'm going to share mine and then Russ will share his in a minute. Um, And I've got to admit, you know, I... I'm not one for having a top three or top anything um, in terms of these things. Um, I do wear them. I do wear deodorant. You'll be glad to know. Um, So, yeah, and I do have my aftershave. Uh, There seems to be this craze that uh, I like Brute. And so I've ended up for the last few Christmases with a whole load of Brutes. Um, So I've got, yeah, and uh, take that as you will. But uh, I've got a whole load of Brutes. Um, in, in my bathroom at the moment, um, which I'm slowly getting through. Um, and But I don't really, I mean, i got to admit, uh, I think if, if I was asked to have a favourite, then the 007 um, brand would be uh, my favourite um, aftershave. I personally do have have that one so yeah i would have that as a favorite but as a top three um i don't think you know i think uh, recently i've tried the lynx um africa and marmite and was very interested in that smell uh so yeah i was uh that you know, but, uh, yeah in terms of a top three i would struggle to have a top three but uh russ what about you what you know, what are your top three aftershaves or deodorants or scents Thanks for that, Bramwell. And it's great to hear your own top three there. And even a brand I've not heard of, so I can feel an investment coming on. Now, to start my top three, I'm going to go with my favourite deodorant. Now, I've long been a fan of the Lynx range, and most, but certainly not all, of its varying smells. But the one that's always been outstanding to me is Lynx Africa. And before you all start shouting at your listening devices that I'm biased because of Natasha and Bramwell's Lynx to Africa. Sorry, couldn't exist that one. I'll get my own coat. What I can say, hand on heart, is that I favoured Lynx Africa for a number of years before I'd even met them both. My number two is an aftershave and it's called Hugo Boss. Now the reason for this one, quite aside from the smell, is the story behind it. Some years back while I was working at a local health club on reception, a role which I really enjoyed because it enabled me to meet loads of people and over time to build relationships with our regular club members and so on. But it was there that those regulars, when I told them that I was leaving, clubbed together and bought me a huge leaving present. A present that included a bottle of Hugo Boss aftershave. Now, to say I was bowled over was an understatement. And on the day that I left, there were plenty of tears too. And thirdly, and Bramwell, you'll be delighted to know that this one really dates me. This is another aftershave. 
And for those of you of a certain age, I'm sure you'll remember the TV ads that starred Henry Cooper and Kevin Keegan and carried the slogan, Splash It All Over. Yep, I'm talking Brute 33, which I believe has now been rebranded just as Brute. In fact, the range included both aftershave and deodorant, so to be fair, I'm sneaking a fourth item back in here. And back in the day, I certainly made use of them both. So there you have it, that's my top three for this week, and it's time for me to hand back to Bramwell for a quick catch-up. Some interesting thoughts there, mate. Um, yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to comment any more than that. It was, uh, yeah, good to, yeah, good to share about, um, our manly stuff, should we say. Um, and, uh, and, and ladies, you know, it's, it's always good to know what, uh, aftershaves, or what, aftershaves? Yeah, what aftershaves that you like for men to wear. Um, you know, anyway, I'm not going to go further down on that topic. Um, I just realised that we never actually did a catch-up today um, in terms of where we are. And obviously, you know, previous weeks we've been here, we heard last week uh, an update from Russ with the whole situation for him. Um, so, yeah, for me, me myself, uh, me, myself and I, uh, you know, we're doing all right. We're doing OK. You know, God is good. Um, I think we talked about this a few weeks ago that uh, you know when people ask you how are you doing and things and you say okay because you know Jesus is still on the throne um, and that's so true but there are you know we all walk through some difficult times um, and some difficult moments and for me personally um, yeah the last few, mo few months have been tough at times but I say God has been good um, and very gracious and some amazing things have been developing and and, and everything um, this weekend just gone uh, or so this weekend yeah last weekend now um, my my grandfather passed away and that was quite tough um, in some ways um, that was quite tough we knew it was coming um, it's never easy to lose a loved one even when you know it's coming um, but uh, yeah it, you know, it, we say we do real on these shows and uh, that's what we do do so yeah, you know that was that was a moment of, of toughness. Um, you know, but uh, we thank God for his life. You know, he was 97, um, and you know just the the life that he has shared uh, with us, and we're just really grateful for that. Um, and uh, you have no no hesitations and no doubts of knowing where he has gone, um, because I believe that you know, God has given me a picture of that. So yeah, I'm I'm encouraged, um, truly encouraged, uh, even in that difficult time. But what about you, mate? What uh, you how how are you doing? And uh, you what 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 are you up to at the moment? Wow, it seems like the devil's really having a pop at the moment, doesn't it? And more about that in a moment. We're sorry for your loss, brother, but I know that you've been able to celebrate your grandfather's life, and I love the phrase that the Salvation Army uses when someone passes away too. To be promoted to glory is such a wonderful thought. Be assured of our prayers for you and the family at this time. As for us, well, dear listener, as you can hear, once again, Bramwell and I are not in the same studio together, but we've recorded our segments for the podcast separately. And that's because where Anne and I are staying at the moment simply doesn't carry the strength of Wi-Fi that allows a Zoom call. We did give it a go with my parents at the start of this week, but sadly it proved unworkable. And that's going to be the case for the foreseeable future, unfortunately. While Anne and I are more than grateful for the accommodation that God has provided for us when we needed to vacate our previous temporary place, the Wi-Fi issue here is more than likely to be one that we won't be able to resolve before we move. Which segues neatly into how we're doing and where Anne and I are at right now. As Bramwell said earlier, we do reel on this show and this update won't be any different. Like Bramwell, the last couple of months haven't been easy for Anne and I and we've not seen what we thought was God's will for us really come to fruition. Anne and I have both really struggled with what God has allowed to happen in terms of not finding jobs and permanent accommodation as we've carried out the ministry of prayer that he gave us. Now, I use allowed as I've never believed, even feeling as low in my faith as I do right now, that God is the proverbial old man with the long white beard that sits on a cloud pointing at people and laughing and saying, ha, it's your turn for trouble now. No, that's not my God. That said, we are both struggling right now with what's happening in our lives and the level of attack that seems to be being meted out on us. It seems that every time we try and do something faith-related, something steps in to get in the way. Now, don't get me wrong, 
I know that when we do what God wants us to be doing, the devil will get upset and attacks happen. I totally get that. But this has been ongoing for such a very long time now, and it's been chipping away at me throughout that time. And while we are where we are, and we're grateful to God for his provision of accommodation, I find myself really struggling in my faith. Something that I praise God for, however, is the rock that I married all those years ago. You know, it's often said that behind every great man is a great woman. Now, while I don't see myself as a great man in any way, shape or form, the strength of faith that Anne is gifted with has been amazing through these tough days. She's never tired of taking me by the hand and praying with me as I've broken down and cried into her supportive shoulder. That I can't take any more, or that I just want to give up and walk away. Thank you, Lord, for that. Please do continue to pray for us that my own faith recovers and that Anne's remains strong as she supports me through these days and the days ahead. Speaking of which, you may recall that we've been in touch with several Christian conference centres over the last few weeks with a view to going back into that line of work. However, after looking at the options that were opening up before us and realising that there are times in our lives when we need to step off the merry-go-round for a while, we have now taken the decision to move back closer to my parents and take a little time to settle back into what passes for normal life. As I record, we're in the process of looking for jobs and permanent accommodation, and we're actually looking forward to stepping away from specific ministry roles for a while and being fed rather than feeding. As we said last week, we value your prayers moving forward, especially for myself as I seek to go back to the level of faith and walk with the Lord that I once enjoyed, as, in the spirit of keeping it real and honest, I'm clinging to my faith by the fingernails right now. You know, I remember a poster I saw many years ago as I was wandering around the sixth form college I was attending at the time that showed a tiny kitten hanging on to a wicker basket being held up off the ground. And the caption below read, Faith isn't faith until it's all you're clinging on by. And right now I pretty much know exactly how that feels as I battle through tough circumstances both in our immediate situation and on both sides of our family. How much more can I deal with? Honestly, I don't know. But one thing I've learned over the last few months is that because my relationship with God is based in my heart and not my head, my feelings and emotions don't and can't change that relationship. Yes, they affect how much I hold on to it, but feelings and emotions don't change the truth from being the truth. So I close this week's update with these words that God placed in my heart way back on the 16th of March this year when we were facing struggles of our own in terms of our move to North Wales. You'll recognise the pattern I'm sure as Anne and I had taken to reading the words of the song Father I Place Into Your Hands as a prayer almost every day at that time. Father I place into your hands the battles in my mind. Father I place into your hands your peace that I can't find. Father, I place into your hands my heart with you inside, for I know that I am loved by you. And with that, I'm going to hand back to Bramwell to open up his thoughts on this week's hot topic. Do demons exist today? Yeah, thanks, mate. And uh, so, yeah, my, my thoughts on the hot topic, do demons exist today? Um, in the very, very simple answer, yes. I don't think we can, uh, yeah, I'm not going to beat around the bush on that. Yes, they do exist. Um, and it's very, very true that they they do exist. Um, why do I know that? Well, there's a number of reasons why I know that. Um, there's personal experience, but there's also you know, God's word. And in terms of God's word, you know, for me, um, yeah, I think we have to ask two questions. First, do we believe in God's word? Um, and secondly, you know, do we believe God's word is still for today? And we've we've had this sort of theme running through some of these hot topics where you know, God's word is for today. It's not just for back then. Um, and you know, same as we talked about healing um, a few weeks ago. Yeah, does God heal today? Uh, yeah, as I say, then, yes, he does. And I've seen it. And God's word is very clear on healings. And we've talked about the Great Commission before and the fact that you know, believers, Jesus says that if we're a believer, then we will lay hands on the sick and they will be healed. And that's part of the Great Commissioning. As we walk out our faith, we are promised that that will happen. Um, and you know, if you haven't heard that uh, that session, 
I think it was 106, if I remember rightly, um, does God heal today. So, yeah, have checked that out um, for, for that one. But um, in terms of you know, God's word today, in terms of demon side of things, you know, the first thing that uh, for me is always Ephesians 6. Um, and Ephesians 6, you know, the whole armor of God, and we've done that before. But it's Ephesians six twelve for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil spiritual forces in the heavens. And and that's so true. You know that was the, that was then. You know, as Paul was writing, but it's the same today. It's the same. You know, it's the same word. It's God's word that is today. God never changes. Um, you know, he's the same yesterday, today and forevermore. And therefore his word is the same yesterday, today and forevermore. And so, you know, that passage, you know, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. That's so true. You know, everything that we walk through, yes, there is a worldly context to it, but there is a spiritual dimension that happens in it. And a lot of things i'm not saying everything but a lot of things do have a spiritual dimension to them that come from a demonic area now there are things that come from a god and i totally totally believe that and and god is totally in control of everything you know if we look at the story of job you know, satan goes to god and says yeah, about you know, worthy somebody that's worthy etc and and he says you oh, faithful sorry not and god says you know have you tried out job you know god gives permission to satan to go and test job and there's a reason for that because job needs to basically unpick his life in terms of pride particularly but there's you know so sometimes we are given these tests in times where a spiritual dimension is behind it because of needing to be taught something now that's a you know, are we saying then that god allows these things to happen yes he does does god want to see these things happen no he doesn't you know, he is a god of love but it's like you know any any parent with a child you know we we say no we say don't do it and then the child will always try to 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 go against that you know why because they're inquisitive they want to know and so in the end they will they you know quite often they will end up doing that thing that you've said no they end up getting hurt because they think that they're better than you know and, and know better and then they end up getting hurt or you know something happens and they learn they learn practically from doing that and I believe that that our walk in life um, spiritually is exactly the same. You know, God is there and he's saying to us, no. I mean, the question is, are we listening for starters? But he doesn't want us to you know, fall into that and fall into those things. But we do. And we think we know better and we want to know better. And there's a reason for that. Part of that reason is the temptation behind it. Where does temptation come from? Well, it comes from the, the demonic powers um you know the temptation is not the sin it's the manifestation and doing the temptation that is then the sin and uh, you satan will tempt us we have a free choice we have a choice to be able to do something or not do it and when we take to do it we commit the sin that is then our fault we have been tempted but we need to learn as a human being that we walk into that we walk into those moments so we are to blame you know we can very quickly turn and blame others sometimes in the world oh it was their fault you know well they've got this wrong or they you know i've, I've heard that um in the last week i've heard oh you know that that isn't right that that isn't right that was that was wrong and and those dates are wrong and when i broke it down with the person they went oh and you know but it's then the, the manifestation of the temptation that is the sin. And the temptation comes through the devil. And the devil is prompting us to, ma to, to manifest in that negative way. Um, so going back to Ephesians 6.12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil spiritual forces in the heavens. There are 
a spiritual dimension of, of, of demons, of demonics that are there. You know, this is what spiritual warfare is. Spiritual warfare exists today as much as it did back in biblical times. And, you know, we are in a spiritual war. We're in a spiritual war. We don't see it because it's a spiritual war, but we do acknowledge it. And we are the battleground. You know, each one of us as a human being is the battleground. The world is the battleground. We are in the world and we are the battleground. Our mind is the battleground. You know, I'm going to stick my neck out um, because these are things that we sometimes don't like talking about. But, you know, our mind is the place where the battle rages you know, it's our thoughts, it's our emotions. That's where Satan and the demonic really chip away at. Yeah, as, as someone who has been through uh, mental health issues personally, you know, I I know where that came from. I know that it was a demonic thing that was creating my mind to be oppressed was creating my mind to be something that God did not create it to be. And through that, I was being pressured and pressured. You know, I had no sense of self-worth. I felt like I had huge anxiety. I felt that um, you know, that I was going to, I had a fear of being on my own. You know, all of these things were not of God. They were an oppression that was being pushed on me by a demonic uh, a demonic realm a demonic spirituality you know my everything to turn me away from focusing on god everything possible why because satan doesn't want us to have that relationship with god he doesn't want us to have a relationship with jesus he wants to to make us feel constantly bad and push us further and further away from god and from that relationship because if we have that relationship with god if we have faith in in him then we walk a path of salvation and satan will keep chipping away and keep chipping away even when we have that and will try and bring us back yeah and i've seen that a number of times of people who say they have the faith walk it out and then satan chips at them chips them and chips them and in the end, they lose it. It's it's tough. It's hard. This life is hard. We need to recognise what is behind these things. You, know, it's it's the same old. If we go back to the saying, um, you know, love the sinner and not the sin. We love the person. We don't love what is happening around that person. You know, the the issues that are surrounding that person the 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 demonic realm that is around that person you know yes a person has a choice but that temptation is always pushed and becomes stronger and stronger and when it becomes stronger we need to stand firm in our faith part of doing that is having people around us that are strong and spiritually minded yeah i've learned that in previous month in, in past few months you know, of having people that are spiritually strong-minded around you so that when these attacks come you know that you can fully trust them and share and in sharing there's no judgment but you walk through it together and you deal with that oppression that is coming upon you you know, you, you need to recognize this and you need to accept that there are people around you that you can trust and you can that can support you and will totally understand it but these are the things that you know do i believe that demons exist yes i do and personally you know i've, I've talked about my own mental health you know and there's a difference between oppression and possession you know when we talk about uh, our minds go straight to possession why because that's the way that we've been wired again it's that whole demonic element of oh you know what's the worst possible thing oh you've got a demon inside you well that's an exorcism you know 
I was dealing with a situation not so long ago, um, and I was yeah there was there was a clear demon, um, and it was an interesting one because it wasn't a demon that was possessing the person; it was an oppression. But when I was trying to talk to the person, rather than, and I was saying the person's name rather than the demon, the the, de the, the it was a bizarre situation where suddenly through the person they were saying oh you're trying to do an exorcism well that word had never even been mentioned i hadn't even gone down that route at all so again having a discernment and listening to what is going on when you're in that sort of situation but that's a, that's a whole different kettle of fish in terms of that you know i've seen very very clearly a possession um and somebody being possessed and you know they they would become unconscious um they'd have no recollection of anything they would scratch bite yell scream um they, they even slivered around like a snake um at times it, it was it was unbelievable um you know and I, you know, I was privileged to see it and it's crazy to say a privilege but it taught me so much um within all of that and so you, there is a difference between possession and oppression and a lot of the time today it's oppression I'm not to say there isn't possession I've just explained one but there is possession but it's oppression but we have this whole crazy thing that when we talk about spiritual warfare and we talk about demons we are talking about possession and we're not we're not always talking about possession at all we need to understand within you know in in this western civilization that yeah, that's not what we're always talking about um and uh, you matthew how do these oh, let's just revert back so um you know how do these things come about well you know, matthew 12 and this really does talk about possession per se but matthew 12 from verse 43 which i'm just going to read um says this yeah when an unclean spirit comes out of a person so we're talking about possession here it roams through waterless places looking for rest but doesn't find any then it says i'll go back to my house that i came from so obviously it's saying it's going to go back to the person returning it finds the house vacant swept and put in order then it goes and brings with it seven other spirits more evil than itself and they enter and settle down there as a result that person's last condition is worse than the first that's how it will also be with this evil generation you know, the key there is in verse 45 where it says they enter and settle down there there always needs to be an opening to allowing that thing to come back you know when we have a weakness we will always have a weakness but we need to be aware of that weakness within ourselves. and so when that weakness is pushed you know, we need to stand strong it goes back to having those trusted spiritual people around you. you but we need to be strong against that weakness now that does mean vulnerability we need to be vulnerable and we've talked about this before you know vulnerability can be very difficult at times but we need to be vulnerable within ourselves and within the person that we are with other people and that's why it's important to have trusted people around us you know i've said this before on a, on a podcast a long time ago i'm pretty certain but it's hard you know, we're all human beings and therefore we're all fallible but you need to have people that walk that spiritual life that totally understand that spiritual life you know trust is a very difficult thing with a human it always will be because we're fallible but if you've got someone that is so spiritually minded particularly somebody that's you know, walking in a very very clear spiritual way it's not to say we can totally trust them but it is to say that we can trust them potentially more than what somebody who isn't quite because they will understand that level and element of biblical trust so going back to our passage you know the, the, the whole thing of the weakness you know a weakness can be pushed and the devil always knows our weakness Paul talks about the thorn in his side and we don't really know what that was but he always says that yeah the thorn in the side that he's that he's thankful for that thorn in his side because it keeps him humble 
And that's very, very true. Yeah, we recognize our weakness. And when it is pushed, we remember the mercy and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we know we can stand strong against it. We can stand strong with Jesus in our lives. And that comes back to, you know, the whole thing of when Jesus was in the desert. You know, that he was led and he was tempted. But he came back with the word, with God's word, standing strong. You know, so that's that's possession and allowing the weakness but the same thing i believe happens in terms of oppression that when we have a weakness so for me myself um it's it's the uh, it's the, the mental health side of things you know i recognize my weaknesses i recognize what can lead me down that path again and i have to be aware of that and when i know that that is potentially coming back that there's this you know, I'm going to say a demonic thing that is trying to lead me back down that path by putting potentially a lot of pressure on me or something like that, then I need to stand strong. I need to be vulnerable. I need to be honest. And I stand strong. And I remember the scriptures that come to mind that support and help me with that. It's so key. So possession and oppression are two different things, but both exist today. You know, and just thinking about the whole you know, mental health side of things and everything, there's a number of passages within the Bible that really do open this up a little bit more, um, or quite a bit more, shall I say. You know, we have the whole story um, in Mark 5 about Legion. Um, you know, it says that an uh, as soon as he because so I'm reading from Mark 5 verse 2 as soon as he got out of the boat a man with an unclean spirit came out of the tombs and met him he lived in the tombs and no one was able to restrain him anymore not even with a chain because he often had been bound with shackles and chains but had torn the chains apart and smashed the shackles no one was strong enough to subdue him night and day among the tombs on the mountain he was always crying out and cutting himself with stones now this is a guy who clearly is, in all sense and purposes, a madman. But Jesus recognizes that he has an unclean spirit. And he speaks directly to that unclean spirit. And you know, he says that he's legion. And then we have the whole thing of that, you know, Jesus speaks. Uh, it speaks and, and the demon comes out and goes into the pigs and everything but then it's what happens at the end that's amazing yeah because the people um i'm just finding the passage so the people come out of the town and this is what happens they came to jesus and saw the man who had been demon possessed sitting there dressed and in his right mind and they were afraid those who had seen it described to them what had happened to the demon-possessed man and they told about the pigs and then they begged him to leave. It's interesting that they see it, they don't understand it and then they become afraid of Jesus. Why? Because this man who in their eyes was totally mad suddenly is, is, is sane. What was binding him in? It was a demon and it was a rather big demon but it was a demon you know, so if we're saying that the god's word is still true today then we need to accept everything that is in god's word and the truth behind god's word um and in matthew 7 verses 14 um so i'm just fine again um Uh, no, that's the wrong passage. Hold on a second. Um, oh, yeah, Mark 9. Here we are. So Mark 9, uh, verse 14. When they came to the disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and scribes disputing with them. When the whole crowd saw him, they were amazed and ran to greet him. He asked them, what are you arguing with them about? Someone from the crowd answered him, teacher, I brought my son to you. He was a spirit that makes him unable to speak. Yeah, so the person recognizes that there's this spirit there 
um, this father recognizes that there's a spirit there. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him down and he foams at the mouth, grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive it out, but they couldn't. He replied to them, you unbelieving generation, how long shall I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring him to me. So they brought the boy to him. When the spirit saw him, it immediately threw the boy into convulsions. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. You know, there's, there's, let's just hit the case here that if we talked about that today, we'd probably be saying, well, that person's got epilepsy. How long has this been happening to him? Jesus asked his father. From childhood, he said, and how many times has it thrown him into fire or water to destroy him? But if you can do anything, have compulsion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, if you can, everything is possible for the one who believes. Immediately, the father of the boy cried out, I do believe, help my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was quickly gathering, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, You mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. And it came out, shrieking and throwing him into terrible convulsions. The boy became like a corpse, so that many said, He's dead. But Jesus, taking him by the hand, raised him and he stood up. Yeah, there we have another story of you know, possession, and possession within a mental health issue again i'm saying this is not always the case sometimes and more often than not it's oppression it's not possession you know, but why is it then that we don't see this well you know so much today well we do but the thing is we don't like to talk about it we don't like to talk about demonic realm we put a worldly label on it to make it more pc yeah, and, and that's that's the that's the fact. That's the bottom line fact. We put a worldly label onto all these things. You know, addictions. Oh, it's an addiction. They've got a you know they're an alcoholic, or they're you know, a drug addict, and we make it sound like it's all okay. We know it's not, but you. Know, but it's a demon that's operating behind it all the time. Why? Because a demon wants to break relationships. You know, these things destroy people, they destroy relationships, they destroy the world, but ultimately they destroy the relationship with God. And that's what Satan wants. He wants to stop that relationship with God. He wants to stop that relationship between each one of us. And so that is what is always operating in the background. We have blind eyes. You know, in the world today, we have blind eyes to these things. Yeah, and I said we put a worldly label on things. We're trapped in the world. And yeah, Jesus says in Matthew 6, 24, that we cannot serve two masters. Yeah, he, he's talking um, within that passage uh, about money. Um, and he is talking about, about money. But it's the same with everything else. Yeah, we cannot serve two masters. We can't serve the master of the world and the master of, of heaven. You know, it's just impossible. We need to know directly where we are. You know, which master are we following? Yeah, and, and, and the other thing, um, we don't really like to talk about this one either. But the other element of, of all of this, of, of why today don't we see as much um, or potentially don't see as much because we're blind-eyed is because we don't have the faith you know, and that's again you know, we talked about this with with healing the other week um, and, and and the throwaway comment oh you're not healed because you haven't got enough faith well yeah and I said then I don't totally agree with that um, but I do believe that there are some of these things you know that faith plays a big element uh, Matthew 13 verse 58 says and he did not do many miracles there because of their unbelief you know, if there is unbelief then you know Jesus will operate in things I, I totally believe that and I've seen it but at the same time he's not going to operate in a totally unbelieving situation where there's so much unbelieving yeah and I've seen this uh, personally very very recently um, with a church that uh, I've been uh, going to and I've seen I've actually seen demons being 
um, removed both possession and oppression in people's lives in this church. It's, it, I've never seen it before in a church setting, um, but I have seen it. And you know, people have been set free from, from things in the church, you know, during the church service on a Sunday. Why? Because there is a huge level of faith in that church. You know, God, the Holy Spirit manifests itself and things in your demons can't operate can't work cannot just can't operate in that environment and they manifest themselves they manifest themselves so much that they are then exposed and shown and when they are shown they're dealt with that's the level of faith that's the level of the holy spirit operating in a powerful way that exposes and then they are driven out because they're exposed because the people in that church know the authority of Jesus and they, they, they totally, totally operate in that authority. Yeah, a demon will very happily sit there in somebody if it's not going to be challenged. A demon will very happily sit on someone's shoulder if it's not going to be challenged. It's not going to make a skeptical of itself in those, in, in those environments. But when it gets confronted with light and truth and the holy spirit is operating it can't cope and it manifests and it shows itself you know, so there i i do strongly believe that we don't see as much of this today because we don't have the position in the western world that we have that huge level of faith yeah i i when i went to south africa i saw huge levels of faith in south africa absolutely massive levels of faith you know and and natasha will talk about healings that happened in south africa when she was living there you know, why because the level of faith there is a lot stronger and there's a number of reasons why i believe that you know the fact that you know for example with healing you know we have an nhs and we fall back on the nhs um and and medication whereas in south africa it's very, it's harder to get that there's no nhs you know, and so what do they have to rely on well they have god to rely on and so there are healings and things so you know that that's that's going back down the healing route and things like that but do demons exist today yes um i i truly believe they do i've seen it myself from personal experience and god's word is god's word today um so yeah what about you mate um i've, I've rambled for long enough um what are you what do you um feel about you know, do demons exist today wow thanks for that mate it's always a pleasure to listen to someone who's enthusiastic about the subject as you clearly are and when you can share personal testimony as part of that then it's even better bless you for that brother for my part i want to start with a story about a well-known christian evangelist then a personal story from my childhood and a quick look at two of the books of frank peretti before looking at how scripture impacts our thinking in this whole area so this is a story I heard some years back about a guy called Smith Wigglesworth. Now, Smith Wigglesworth was born in 1859 and became a Christian at the age of eight. His predominant ministry was as evangelist, but he was also a faith healer. And interestingly, given the subject of today's hot topic, believed that many diseases were of satanic origin. Clearly, he was a guy who believed that demons definitely do still exist beyond biblical times. Indeed, he had an experience himself that backed up that view when he woke up one night and there at the foot of his bed stood the devil himself. But completely unfazed by this, Smith Wigglesworth simply looked at him and said, oh, it's you, and promptly rolled over and went back to sleep. Now, firstly, I would love to have the measure of faith, even when my faith is up to where it should be, to be able to react like that, should I ever see the devil himself standing at the foot of my bed. But more than that, and in relation to this week's hot topic, there's a very personal testimony that the devil and demons are very real today. And speaking of personal testimony, I have a memory myself of the very first spring harvest I went to way back in 1980. Back in those days, of course, I was going to the children's sessions, the theme of which was We Are The Champions, which I always thought was a little bit strange as we came into every session to that best known of Queen's songs, We Are The Champions. But actually, it was in one of those early evening sessions that during a prayer time, there was suddenly a very loud scream chilling and quite disturbing in nature and a chair flew up into the air as this demon made its presence known in one of the youngsters in the session. Almost immediately the leadership team were clearing the area and building a human barrier and praying around the individual concerned. 
and while the team leader tried to give an explanation as best they could to a room full of young children, it wasn't rocket science to know what had happened. I don't remember much after that, as I think we were then ushered out of the room while the situation was dealt with, but, as you can tell, it was a very real experience of a demon manifesting itself that leaves no room for doubt that they definitely do exist today. Now, I mentioned earlier that I would reference a couple of books by Frank Peretti, and I'm guessing that most, if not all of you, will have heard of the books This Present Darkness and Piercing the Darkness, but just in case you haven't, Peretti writes these two books as Christian novels, but they're both written with two equally physical storylines running side by side. On the one hand, we have the physical characters and the storylines that they're involved in, and on the other, but running parallel, we have the story of the equally physical battles happening between the Angels of Light and the Angels of Darkness. And Peretti describes those battles in some details too. If you've not already read the books, let me encourage you to go and get them and read them. It's at very least implied that the demons Peretti refers to in these books are seen by him as very real, and it's hard to deny that given the detailed way in which Peretti describes them. For my part, while I do have certain theological disagreements with other areas of Peretti's writing, the realistic way in which the demons are described in this present darkness and piercing the darkness more than suggests an element of reality and that they do exist today. So, having expressed my opinion, and you'll know by now, I'm sure, dear listener, that I'm in complete agreement with Bramwell on this one, that demons definitely do still exist today, I want to take a look at a scripture and how that impacts our thinking in this area today. Now, I'm starting in the same place that Bramwell did with Ephesians 6 verses 10 to 12, which, just to remind you, reads as this. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So scripturally, I'm starting from the same place that Bramwell did, and for exactly the same reason. If we're to believe that the scriptures are as relevant today as they were when they were written, and if you're a Christian, that's a given, okay? Then we also have to believe these words of Paul that I've just read from Ephesians 6 are relevant to our spiritual walk today. And Paul specifically cites the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So again, this is not rocket science. A walk with the Lord today is as much about facing off against demons as it was in Jesus' day. And the Gospels are littered with examples of demon possession and how Jesus deals with it, but it's not something we should shy away from or be scared of in any way. We should always remember that he that is in us is greater than he that is in the world, which is right at the heart of the opening verses of 1 John 4, which itself talks about testing the spirits. And that leads me on to my next point. You see, where I believe we need to be a little bit careful in all of this is that we don't see a demon on every street corner. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, this was a phrase that was hugely prevalent when I was growing up, as the higher end of the charismatic movement was coming into being back in the late 1970s, early 1980s. And one of the issues that was arising out of this new branch of the church back then was one of seeing demons almost everywhere and then feeling a need to cast them out. Now, sadly, a lot of damage was done through a well-meaning group of people who saw demons where there weren't any to be seen and people were being left with a sense of inadequacy and spiritual negativity where there simply was no need for it. Now, I should point out that the church has come a long way since those days of blaming the devil for something he had nothing to do with. However, sadly, there are still those who need to point to the devil or demons where there are none to be pointed at. And equally sadly, I speak from a position of knowing some of those who've been left seriously struggling spiritually and damaged after having things spoken over them that simply weren't true in their lives. And that can often be the case with healings, be they physical or mental health issues. Indeed, the aforementioned Smith Wigglesworth held a somewhat controversial view on healing as he reportedly took to hitting, slapping or even punching the afflicted area. And when challenged on that method of healing, Smith Wigglesworth is quoted as saying, I didn't hit them, I hit the devil. He's then quoted as going on, You might think by the way I went about praying for the sick that I was sometimes unloving and rough. But oh friends, you have no idea what I see behind the sickness and the one who is afflicted. I'm not dealing with the person, I'm dealing with the satanic forces that are binding the afflicted. 
Now, this is a huge area and not one I'm going to be exploring on this show, though maybe there's an idea for another show later on. But I stand by the point that while I've no issue with believing that demons certainly do exist today, we need to be extremely careful how we address that issue and that we're not seeing them where they're not there to be seen. Well, it's been great to discuss this together again um, and just be able to share our thoughts on this but sadly that's all that we've got time for this week as always thanks for listening and please do share the show on your own social media feeds and with your churches friends and families you can find us on apple podcasts among numerous other podcast platforms where you can subscribe and never miss an episode and if you could leave us a review that would be great you can find us on facebook twitter and instagram and you can email the show at christians in our soup at hotmail.com that's Christians in our soup at hotmail.com. And don't forget to check out our website at podpage.com slash Christians hyphen in hyphen R hyphen soup, where you can catch up with every episode of the show and leave us your audio feedback by clicking the blue mic button at the bottom of the page. You could even leave us the feedback for your top three uh, in the future. That would be great. It would be just great to have you know, other people's voices as well on here. Anyway, also remember that you can now hear the show on BMC Radio at 12 noon every Sunday and 5am every Monday morning if you're an early riser. You can also ask Alexa or tune in from the web at www.bmcradio.net. But until we share the airwaves again, it's goodbye from me, Bramwell. And it's goodbye from me, Russ. God bless you. <laughs>